0: Welcome back to another episode of the Cornell Thank You Podcast. I'm Steph here with Michelle. And I love when a, especially a young person, comes up with a great idea and then puts it into motion and creates something incredible and needed for those visiting New York. Okay. So we had today Rebecca Tannenbaum Getty, who came up with an idea, created a website, and now everyone's using it. And we will be
1: using it too next time I visit you in New York, Michelle. Oh, we're going to go one by one. (laughs) <laughs> going to watch our Instagram for hours. All right. Well, here are today's keywords in the meantime. On the Pulse, RTG, explore New York for free, and a surprise, SDT. And you'll hear all of that right after we roll the intro. <music> Listeners, today we have somebody who has read the mind of everybody who lives in New York City or anybody that wants to visit New York City. We have Rebecca Tannenbaum-Getty, class of 2016. She, every day, tells people what they can either do or eat or get for free in New York City. She has an incredible Instagram and TikTok that lays all this out for us. We are very excited she's going to share that with us today. Rebecca, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So, Rebecca, you know all things Manhattan. Did you grow up in Manhattan, or are you there just after graduation?
2: I'm there after graduation. I grew up in Long Island. My mom is from Queens. My dad's from Brooklyn. I went into the city every month growing up, but the second I graduated, before I even started my job, I moved to Manhattan. So
1: you are a city-savvy girl that picks Cornell. How come? Yeah.
2: I applied to 17 schools. I kind of had no idea, and- Cornell was one of the only ones where I wasn't undecided. I applied to ILR, which is, I mean, industrial and labor relations. And I applied the day before the application was due because I procrastinated everything. And I visited, and, you know, I, I kind of think it was the Ivy League, but the state tuition that kind of did it for me. You know, I was like, could this get any better, you know, having the best of both worlds? But I wanted to be a lawyer. So it made sense the most at the time.
0: You know, I have to tell you the way we found you is we got a great email from your mom because she must've heard the podcast. Did she go to Cornell?
2: No, my mom didn't go to Cornell, but she has a friend. uh, She's a social worker at a school and her friend, Joanne. So shout out to Joanne, went to Cornell and she claims, I think she told me about Cornell many years ago at a beach club, actually, but she loves your podcast. So I think they're very excited that I'm on.
1: All right. Thank you, Joanne. Thank you, Joanne. Wow. And I like the little piece that she got the discount on the tuition. Do you see the theme that started back at Cornell? (laughs) That was my parents, but you know, they were happiest about that. (laughs) you come by it honestly. I like it. It makes sense. What was your plan? So you were studying on campus. You wanted to go to law school. I
2: kind of nixed that very early on. Um, Like, I think maybe my freshman year, I don't know why. I was kind of like, I think I feel like I don't need any more school after this for now. So I minored in business. Um, I did I think I I interned at JP Morgan in asset management, and I did not like it. So I thought, let's go into consulting, which is what a lot of people do from ILR. So I interned at, or I worked at Deloitte doing strategy consulting business, went to a startup, and then kind of started this on the side, never in a million years thinking that I would be a full-time influencer or content creator. I didn't really have any social media experience, but... I went to events. I thought they were fun. And I thought more people would want to know about them because at the time in 2019, they weren't that crowded. So I was like, let me just start posting and see what happens. And here I am.
0: So when you work for JP Mortigan, was that a summer internship that, was an internship that you had? Yeah. Okay.
2: I, I just remember like having to wear business formal and feeling so suffocated. And I was like, I can't do a job where I have to
1: wear like a, a suit and a skirt every day. It's not for me. <laughs> so you were in... The business school for your minor, was that part of Dyson? Yeah, I was a business minor
2: and an inequality studies minor.
1: And were you running events or doing things on campus? Where did this all first come from?
2: No, I mean, I think I've always been the person that like takes charge with making plans. I was in a consulting club. I was in a sorority. I didn't do anything sort of like out of the box in that regard, but I think I even remember when I worked at Deloitte, I had a manager that was coming in every week from like Chicago. And I used to tell her things that she needed to do in New York City. And she said, you should start a blog. And I'm like, eh. like thought of long form content at the time didn't really appeal to me. But I always kind of kept that in my head. And then I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's. And then literally one day, I'm very impulsive sometimes. I just was like, okay, I'm going to make an Instagram. Like, let's let's do it today. Let's get started. And then there it went.
0: So let's do a little timeline for the listeners. So you graduated Cornell in 2016. So these are obviously pre-COVID years and you move right to Manhattan. Is that the plan? Okay. And so what year then is this that you're talking about that you started NYC for
2: 2019.
0: Oh, okay. Pre-COVID also.
2: Uh, Before COVID. Yeah. And then I pivot, well, I didn't really pivot, but during COVID, I was like, what do I do? And then I remember thinking, why don't I post vir- virtual events? So there were so many virtual events. Like I did a cooking class. I did a boxing class. I just spent all day doing activities. Like I actually didn't find COVID that bad because I live right by the park in the city. So we were able to walk around and I just, I did so many activities, like even in my home. So I was enjoying sharing that with others. So people kind of like didn't go stir crazy and had things to do and people to meet and things like
1: that. So was your target that time, anybody who feels claustrophobic during COVID and has that changed? Is your target any different now? I think my target
2: has always been probably, you know, 20 to 40, like age in New York City, like looking for things to do. I think college students find it really valuable, kind of like the millennial age, like me as a big group of my following, but Generally, honestly, I have a lot of like people who are recently retired that have been messaging me lately. I have a lot of people that are on maternity leave that tell me they walk all day with their new babies and like go to these little pop ups. So I think it's anyone who likes to do things in New York City that doesn't necessarily want to
0: spend a ton of money doing it all the time. Okay, so we need a little more of a deep dive on (laughs) your website. Yeah tell our listeners what exactly does the website aim to do mm-hmm. and i'm so curious on how you gather all this information
2: yeah so i started doing this full time a year ago actually so once i went full time i was like what am i going to do besides just having an instagram page and that was a website and a newsletter so i really like the website because obviously people can find you via google but with social media you know, you have a story, people see it for 24 hours. You have a post, they see it for a couple of days. But I think websites allow things to live longer and to stay in one place. So it kind of all started in that I have like a birthday freebies post where it's like 40 things you can do in New York City for free on your birthday. And I used to post that once a quarter on Instagram because although people have birthdays every day, I can't post it every day because that makes no sense. So then I was like, if I have a website, it can just live there. I can direct people there. I can have all the links there. And once I started that, I'm like, what else would an ideal website include? An event calendar, maybe some longer form blog posts. And so it kind of has just grown from there. And it's really useful on my side. Like now that I have a newsletter as well, I can link things back to my event calendar and it all. And on my Instagram, I can link to my website. So it all feeds in.
1: Yeah, it really looks good. Are you at the point where companies or pop-ups are reaching out to you or are you Mm -hmm. doing all the research at this point?
2: It was really important to me when I decided to do this full-time that I can make a full-time income. I didn't want to like see if I could make it work. I wanted to know it could work. So I have gotten reached out to a lot by different brands, different pop-ups, but I also spend a lot of time researching and like pitching myself. And even, you know, if I'm not getting paid for something, just finding something really cool and free and sharing it. But I'm lucky in that I think I consider myself one of like the go-to sources in New York city for free events. So if a brand is coming in and doing something free, they, a lot of the times now they reach out, which is really nice.
0: So when you started this endeavor, you plan to monetize it. What no. was your, Oh, you did not plan to monetize it. Okay.
2: I couldn't even fathom that. Like it just didn't occur to me. Like I wow. it started in 2019 I don't think I did any monetization, maybe like very small in 2021. So it took two years to even like anything small. The thought didn't even occur to me until all of these brands started reaching out. And like, I started seeing ads for these events. And I'm like, if they're putting ads up, clearly they have money for these marketing endeavors. Like why, why aren't creators getting any of it? And I think the rise of events is paralleled with the rise of like creators, influencer marketing, things like that. So it came in at a good time, but when I started this, like it, my literal only purpose was I find these cool events on Facebook and Eventbrite. Like I think other people besides my 20 friends would want to go to them. Yeah. So that, that was, yeah.
0: <laughs> so are you getting money from the event itself or are you also getting money from ads on your website now that it's popular? Both. Both. Okay. Yeah. So that was, that was a gold mine, like passive income with a website, but. Right. But users, it's free. There's no user yeah. fee. No, that's I would never. Free. I don't want
2: to ever charge anyone. I know like Instagram offers subscriptions or things like that. But you no, know, my purpose is like, I want this to be a free resource for people. And so hopefully we'll continue to work with brands and grow my website. So,
1: by the way, that's very consistent with what she's doing, right? It's a free resource about course, yes, yeah. yes. services, yes. right? Yeah. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> and if you get a suggestion from a follower, do you vet that out?
2: I try to vet it as much as I can. Like sometimes if it's a story and like someone, I don't know, for example, someone just sent me a picture of popcorn and said 44th and 3rd free popcorn, like it's a picture of popcorn. I'm not going to like try to call up whoever's giving it out, but for some larger things, anything I put in my, on my feed, I vet, but sometimes quick stories. Like I kind of trust people send me stuff all the time, you know?
0: How much do data analytics play a role in your business model, both from your perspective, looking at who's on your site and how often people are coming? And also from your event perspective, can they tell if someone saw the event only because they looked at your site?
2: Yeah, so it's interesting. Like when I partner with someone, um, you always share back data. So I can say like, 10,000 people saw this story. There were 900 clicks on the link I shared. So I think it's interesting from that perspective. And it helps me, like I have a newsletter and I share maybe 20 links in it. I can see what people are interested in. Like this event had 500 clicks, this one had 22. So that helps me think about like what content my followers are interested in. In terms of my website, I don't, I should probably look at the analytics more of like who's visiting and the clicks, but that's not something I've looked into yet. But like on my posts, you know, it's interesting when you think like this went viral, why, like what, what caused that? And so diving into that. While Instagram is tough, like there's no pattern sometimes you can, you can try to like guess and dive into it at least.
1: How much of, of your time is spent trying to build this community so that people come back more than once?
2: Yeah. I mean, I host a lot of events. I hosted like 14 last year. So oh like free for everyone. Yeah. And actually tomorrow, do you know the Sherry show? It's like a daytime talk show. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know. 60 yeah. of my followers there, like just for like a free VIP. I mean, the whole taping is free, but kind of like a VIP experience. So I try to do some events like once a month, once every two months, because I really like meeting people. And as I've done this full time and showed my face more, more people have begun to recognize me and you Know when I go to events, I see people and say hi, and that's one of my favorite parts of this like meeting all these New Yorkers and hanging out with them. So I, I enjoy that aspect a lot.
0: Are you doing this all by yourself, or do you have employees? It's, it's all me, so I spend a lot of time
2: on my wow. phone. And yeah, I do. Um, I'm thinking like I've had interns in the past that not anything on my website, but you know, sometimes there's five events in a day, and like it's literally not possible to be at them. So I've had people like cover and send me clips that I'll stitch into a reel and things like that. But yeah, it's one, one woman show for the most part right now. (laughs) Are there competitors? I mean, it's interesting. Like, yes, there's not, there are accounts that focus on like discounted things to do. There's a lot of Instagram accounts. Like there's a lot of people that have accounts where like they share things in New York city, but I like my page because I like solely focus on free things here So I think that helps me be really targeted. And like, if someone reaches out to me, I'm like, I don't know if I can work with you because there's not a free component. Like, can we do a giveaway so I at least can like give something to people? And it helps me stay really niche and like
0: unique in that regard. Do you focus on all five boroughs? Or just Manhattan,
2: all five. No, I I definitely like I have a roundup every week where I try to include things from every borough. It's a lot easier in Manhattan and Brooklyn. Like unfortunately, brand pop-ups like don't really go to Staten Island. I don't see them that much in the Bronx, but there's a lot of like NYC parks events that I'll look up, a lot of community events. So I I've been trying to, it's it's harder, but I'll search
1: a lot as much as I can. So the amount of work must be staggering. You were in consulting, which is also like a brutal schedule. How does this yeah. schedule compare to that schedule?
2: So it's interesting. Like I did this, you know, nights and weekends when I had a job at a startup for a while. And so I was used to like waking up early and so and staying up late. But once I started doing this full time, I'm like, wow, I'm going to have so much more time on my hands because it's now my job, but it's kind of just my life now. So. Yeah. I spend a lot, a lot of like, I'm always thinking about it. Like if I don't story something for like a couple hours, I'm like, oh my God, I haven't stored it in a couple hours. So um, it takes a lot of time. I feel like I probably work at least 60 hours a week,
0: like probably, more. but I love it. So it's, it, it was my hobby and now it's my work. Well, it's an active website. I mean, you have to continually update it. Exactly. And so are you
1: newly married? You have a married last name. Yes.
2: Yeah. So I got married in May of 2022.
1: So almost years at this point. And you got engaged in New York City. Yeah. In Central Park. Speaking of Central Park, we have an idea. We want to pitch you our own ideas for free Mm -hmm. events in New York City and see what you think. See if you would ever send anybody our way. And mine takes place in Central Park. So Steph, should I do mine first? Please. Please. I'm dying to hear it. I love this. Here's my idea. When I was naming my son, I liked the name Cole. Mm -hmm. Then his name would be Cole Cats, which sounds like cold cuts. And there was no chance (laughs) I I was going to do that. Okay. So that wasn't going to happen. Remember Steph? Okay. Yes. So my idea is I go to the Central Park Children's Zoo Uh and I set up a table. And expectant parents come by and they tell me what names they would like to name their child. And I will come up with whatever I can that is negative. And then they can decide, should I name my kid Adam? I don't know. Are they going to call him Madam? And then they get to pick whether that is a good choice. What do you think?
2: Okay. So I would take that and I I would change it a little bit. What if you did a picnic in the park for expecting parents? Okay. And that could, you could offer your services of that, but it could be a way to like meet people and just get together with people who are all expecting around the same
1: time. I like that. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's better. Mine is just assaulting yeah. the names that they've picked. Yours has a very positive component. I'll do it. All and right. food. I mean, Yeah, I like okay. that.
0: <laughs> Mine is called, you know, the old... Um, like star tours in Beverly Hills. You go see all the homes of A-listers and you get driver. Okay. Mine's a little take on that, but it's called jaunts for haunts D-listers. So So it's basically, you're going to give a tour, Rebecca, and the tour is going to be, oh, here's where (laughs) former mayor Bill de Blasio gets coffee. Maybe you'll see him.
1: (laughs) Oh. Or
0: here's where Peloton instructor Cody Rigsby parks his car. Maybe we'll see him today. <laughs> oh. Okay. So it's it's a walking. I have a bunch of
2: friends that are tour guides that are like influencers and tour guides. So oh. maybe I will suggest that to them.
1: Yes. All right. Well, you, you're welcome to use John's for D-listers. Thank you. Thank you for entertaining those ideas. <laughs> Let's do our speed round because I want to get back to Cornell a little bit with you, Rebecca, and we want to hear okay. some of your faves.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we're talking basically
1: 2012 to 2016, the years yeah. that you were there. Okay. okay. All Although right. I did so we go
2: back this summer. So, it's okay.
1: Ooh. All right. If you have anything new to throw in, we want to hear it. I do. So where was Rebecca Tenenbaum eating on and
0: off campus at Cornell?
2: So freshman year went to RPCC or yeah. And appell a lot, like the all campus dining, had the dining pass. Um, I would say we always liked going to the farmer's market that was a big like interest of ours. We liked Agave. I,
1: we did ask you, where did you live on campus?
2: I was in low-rise seven freshman year. I lived in my sorority house sophomore year. And then I lived on two different apartments on Eddy Street junior and senior year.
0: Which sorority were you in?
2: I was in SDT. Oh,
1: so were we. Becca? Back, back it hello up.
2: Sister. Back it up. Oh my God.
1: First of all, hello sister. <laughs> Why did we ask that earlier? Where did you live in the house?
2: I lived on... On the second floor, uh, in a double.
0: It was quite possibly our old room, Michelle. Of course. Okay. We digress. What was your favorite bar? My favorite
2: bar, uh, Ruloff's, I think, especially senior year. And what was your go-to drink? I loved pickleback shots there. That wasn't what my go-to. That, but that was my favorite. A shot of whiskey and a shot of pickle juice, and they completely cancel each other out. Oh, <gasps> it's perfect.
0: By the way, if you're in Manhattan, what is like the cool drink to order?
2: I really like the fancy, expensive cocktails that have like seven different ingredients Ooh. in it. And don't
1: taste anything like alcohol. So,
2: you know, those are usually my go-tos.
1: Well, last week we asked the owner of a distillery in New Jersey, oh. what was the coolest drink that I could order last weekend yes. so that okay. people thought I was unbelievably cool? And what was it? And he suggested the rye Manhattan. Ooh. Okay. First of all, I ordered it Friday night. And the reaction I got from my good friend was, are you 90 years old (laughs) with that drink? (laughs) It does sound a little old. It was old. And she also used the F curse. I'll leave that out. Yeah. (laughs) But it it was not delicious at all. The next night, I was telling the story to a group of people I was out with. And I said, yeah. And she said I was a 90-year-old. And Mm -hmm. one of the guys with us said that that was actually what he had just ordered.
0: He ordered a rye Manhattan? Yes.
1: I don't even know what... Yeah, is in that. It's rye, basically. Rye whiskey. Yeah. And I don't know what else, but I insulted him because I basically, she called me 90. Then I turned around and called him 90. You called him an old lady. I know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you were doing it just for giggles. He was actually wanting to drink it. He was imbibing. How did yeah. it taste? Uh, That was the worst drink I've ever had in my entire life. I think what's
2: a popular drink, at least for me, my friends now, like, because we're in like wedding season. So you always have to have your go-to drink at a wedding. And that's a spicy margarita if they have it. So that's been very popular. Okay.
0: That is cool. Yeah. That sounds way cooler than a Rye Manhattan. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. So where did you like to study? I guess man. Favorite class? Human bonding, probably what's the song that you would hear now that would take you right back to Cornell?
2: I actually texted my friends and I'm like, guys, I don't know what to say to this question. And they're like, there's the SDT song during rush. There's this like electronic song called million voices by Otto knows. It's like this like very electronic song, but you know, during rush when you like cheer, when the people enter the house, the freshmen was the song they cheered. And so it's, it is true. It's correct. Every time the song is on, like, that brings me back to that moment also the song closer by the chain smokers reminds me of senior year a little bit um and then it's funny um i told my friends this and they didn't they didn't remember it like i did but um we always sang american pie at pregames like a little bit which is such an old song my mom used to sing that at college so they're like are you sure and i'm like no we definitely that i do associate that with. you car. have a
0: memory we yeah. did too steph taught me all the words yeah do you have a favorite memory from cornell
2: I would say Slope Day, freshman year, just experiencing it for the first time um, was probably one of my favorites.
1: And so when you look back now on your time at Cornell, what are you most thankful for?
2: I think I'm thankful for, you know, my friends. Like I'm still keeping in touch with them, the people I met. I think the opportunities, like I never had to worry about getting a job and kind of that like core skill set, I guess, I got like in my major specifically. But yeah, overall the people, the general experience...
0: So all right, Rebecca, tell our listeners where can they find your website, your Instagram? Because you're gonna have so many people now trying to get freebies in New York
2: yeah, from um home. so my Instagram is NYC for free. There is an underscore between NYC and for free, but if you search that, it'll come up. My website is nycforfree.co.com. Com yeah, why over?
0: is it co? I wanted to ask you that. No, no,
2: I think like Google owns nycforfree.com. And okay. I have a newsletter that you can sign up for that I send out every Wednesday at around 8.30 in the morning, which like has all the events for the week in your inbox. And then I'm on TikTok as well. The same NYC for free.
1: I mean, it's amazing. I already have a list of things that I want to do. My daughter lives there and I we are going to hit a lot of those spots. So yeah, amazing. <laughs> thank you for what you do. And thank you for your time today. It was great yeah. to meet you. And thanks to Joanne and to your mom. Yes.
2: yes. <laughs> this was a lot of fun. So nice meeting
1: you
0: both. Thanks so much for listening. Join us next week for another episode of the Cornell Thank You Podcast.
2: Hey, I was doing just fine before I met you. I drink too much and that's an issue, but I'm okay. Hey, you tell your friends it was nice to meet them, but I hope I never see them again. I know it breaks your heart. Moved to the city and I broke down car in. Four years, no calls. Now you're looking pretty in a hotel bar and I, I, I can't stop. No, I, I, I can't stop. So, baby, pull me closer in the backseat of your Rover that I know you can't afford. Bite that tattoo on your shoulder.